mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up, we are on location for the annual Stuff the Bus school supplies campaign. We want to help send area kids in need back to school with everything they need to start the new year off right. And our show from McDonald's on Tiffin Avenue, made possible by Friends Office. You know, we couldn't pull off a massive project like this without some help. Christian Clearinghouse is the logistics partner for Stuff the Bus. Coordinating the organization and distribution side of things, we'll speak with Tammy Stahl. And with the new school year right around the corner, we'll meet the new superintendent of Findlay City Schools, Dr. Andy Hatton. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, July 28th, 2023. It has been so hot. How hot is it? This month is on pace to be the hottest month on record. This is according to the latest data from the Earth Observation Unit of the European Union Space Program and the World Meteorological Organization. They said the first three weeks of July have already set the record for the hottest three-week period in Earth's recorded history. July 6th set the mark for the hottest day on the planet, on record. And this comes after June broke the record for the hottest June ever. So it's going to be the hottest July. I mean, the month's not over yet, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm pretty safe in saying, unless we suddenly get to like 15 below zero for the next three days, <laughs> it's going to be the hottest July on record. Obviously, much of the United States has been hit by heat waves. Asia and Europe also baking. In Phoenix, it has been so hot that the cactuses are wilting. <laughs> I saw this story on the Newswire, and it just like, wow. A scientist at the Desert Botanical Garden told CNN that the garden's cactuses have become highly stressed, and some have suddenly collapsed and have been found to have rotted from the inside out because of the heat. Arizona, of course, has been getting some of the worst July heat in its history, but about 227 million Americans around the country have been suffering from record high heat this month, etc., etc., etc. Just reading from the uh, story there. But that's, you know that it's hot when the cactuses are wilting. <laughs> that's, that's pretty amazing stuff. So what are you doing to beat the heat? I thought this was kind of interesting. A new survey of 2,000 adults found some creative ways that people are beating the heat. Uh, putting bed sheets in the freezer is what some people are, are doing. Putting bed sheets in the freezer. Uh, st- stealing, <laughs> stealing the dog's cool mat. Do you have one of those for your dog so that they can cool off <laughs> in heat like this? Never mind the dog, we need the cool mat. Uh, Spraying blankets with water. Uh, Sleeping au naturel. Forget the PJs. And uh, sitting in one's car with the air conditioner on blast, uh, you know, full blast. 57% of those in the survey say that they will try anything to keep uh, keep cool during a heat wave. And I thought this was kind of interesting. 45% say... The most important thing to have on hand during a heat wave, 45% say ice cream in the freezer. That's the number one. That's what we need. <laughs> Putting bed sheets in the freezer. That's kind of interesting. 
Uh, so what else is going on? Among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, here is big news. We are now learning that we may have a shortage of Halloween candy right around the corner. I know that's looking ahead a little bit, but I want to tell you now so that you're prepared. I don't want you to be shocked when October rolls around. Due to the high cost of sugar and changing weather, weather patterns, it says, there could be a candy shortage this October. Uh, El Nino could reduce sugarcane production by up to 15%, and this is bad news for your child's pumpkin pail. Texas candy maker At Atkins, eh, Atkinson's Candy admitted that they almost had to run to Costco, Costco to buy sugar for their hard candies. They couldn't get it wholesale. <laughs> Go buy, buy it off the shelf. Uh, and, of course, if there's short supply, that means the candy that is available could be more expensive. Less sugar means uh, available sweet stuff will also cost more, and that cost will be passed down to the consumer. So I'm just... Now, of course, kids won't have to worry about the cost of it trick-or-treat. But I suppose it will impact them because people are being a little bit more frugal with their candy uh, on trick-or-treat night. Then just be prepared. Just want you to know these things. It's very important stuff. Uh, let's see. By the way, um, speaking of candy and sugary stuff, this was uh, kind of interesting. 67% of Americans in a new survey say they are surprised at the amount of sugar content in some everyday foods, some foods that you wouldn't expect. Um, while 75% of those in the polls say that they have a sweet tooth, 41% view sugary uh, goods as a treat rather than a diet staple. 51% uh, are worried about health, health risks linked to eating sugar. Uh, the average person believes that they consume about three and a half teaspoons of added sugar per day. The actual number is closer to 17 teaspoons daily. Now, uh, one of the or two of the foods that have a lot of extra added sugar that you may not recognize, and this is the reason I bring it up this morning, breakfast cereals, a lot of added sugar, and yogurts, a lot of added sugar there. Something to keep in mind uh, as you get ready to have breakfast this morning. Uh, some of the other uh, interesting couple of other items among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. So the Hollywood actors and writers are still on strike, and one of the key sticking points in the negotiations for the actors and the uh, writers is the role of AI in television and movie uh, production. They are concerned that the studios could scan background actors, you know, the people, the extras in a scene. They could scan the likeness of a background actor, pay them once for one day's work for the scan, and then, and then use their likeness forever, virtually. Uh, and this would be a problem because 87% of the actors, according to SAG-AFTRA, 87% of actors make under $26,000 annually because a lot of the work that they do is day work, you know, just kind of filling out a scene and so on. And so if they don't need that, they'd make even less. $26,000 a year, they would make even less. Uh, now, the studios say that they are willing to 
discuss these issues. But yesterday, Netflix posted a job. Now, I don't know if they posted this yesterday or just the report came out yesterday, but I saw this yesterday. Netflix has posted a job listing for an AI-related job. This would be someone who generates those artificial intelligence backgrounds and you know that kind of thing for the special effects and, and so on using AI. You know what they're paying them? $900,000. 900 grand. They're, uh, again, those uh, background actors make about $26,000 a year. <laughs> Netflix advertising for this AI professional for 900 grand. That kind of tells you what the studios expect to save by using AI. And uh, speaking of movies, the last thing here among the first things you need to know this morning, and I thought this was kind of interesting, it's Friday. You're going to be maybe taking in a movie this weekend, either going to the theater or maybe you have a family movie night at home or whatever. Have you uh, streaming a movie on Netflix? And if it's been a stressful week, you are likely to pick a comedy, right? Because beyond sheer enjoyment, watching a funny movie has scientifically proven benefits uh, in terms of relieving stress, aiding in coping with life's challenges, and so on and so forth. Although there is no direct correlation between the intensity of laughter and stress relief, scientists conclude that humor facilitates coping with stressful, uh, stressful situations in everyday life. Uh, this is all according to research at the University of Pennsylvania. So comedy can help you relieve the stress, the accumulated stress of the week. With that in mind, the researchers at studyfinds.com have come up with a list of the top five funniest movies. This is, according to the researchers, according to a conglomeration of movie critics and pop culture websites and their reviews and their votes. And the top five funniest movies of all time, see if you agree, in reverse order, number five, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Number four, Blazing Saddles. Number three, Caddyshack. So far, so good, right? Those, those first three are pretty good. But this is where it goes off the rails for me. Number two, Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> and number one, funniest movie of all time, Superbad. That's what they say. Okay, it's a great movie, but funniest of all time? I mean, really? Ahead of Monty Python and Blazing Saddles and Caddyshack? So, I mean, they're in the top five, and that's great, but, you know, where's Airplane? That's mine. That would be my, my vote. Anyway, there you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Friday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, sunny and hot today with a high reaching the mid-90s. Heat index values will be even higher. Showers and storms possible tonight, a low around 70. People are being reminded to watch out for their pets on these hot summer days. Natalie Reffitt with the Humane Society and SPCA of Hancock County says if your dog is outside for any amount of time, they need to have plenty of shade and fresh water. So if they are outside, if they do knock over their water, you have to be on top of that. They have to have access to that water.
Natalie says one of the biggest things to remember on really hot days is to not take your pet in a hot car with you. Just leave them at home in the air conditioning if possible. Get more safety tips for pets on hot summer days in the story on our website. Samaria Fire Departments received some good news regarding grants they applied for. Southwestern Hancock Joint Fire District says it's been awarded a grant worth more than $661,000 through the Assistance to Firefighters Grants Program. The Joint Fire District says it'll be using the grant money to replace one of their engines. Also, the Van Lu Fire Department says it was awarded an Assistance to Firefighters grant it applied for. Van Lu says it'll be receiving a $50,000 grant, which will be used to purchase a cascade system which is a compressor and fill station, allowing them to refill all of their air bottles for their self-contained breathing apparatus air packs. Get more details on both grants in this story on our website. A police officer in Circleville, Ohio, who unleashed a canine on an unarmed truck driver who is surrendering after a police chase has been fired. According to a press release, Officer Ryan Speakman did not meet the standards and expectations for officers of the Circleville Police Department. Following an investigation, including the Circleville Police Use of Force Review Board, it was concluded that the department's policy for use of canines was followed. Onan's Isabel Lawrence reporting. The Stuff the Bus Community School Supplies Drive continues today and tomorrow. The bus that's being stuffed can be found outside the McDonald's on Tiffin Avenue in Finley. You can drop off supplies until 7 o'clock tonight, and the hours on Saturday will be 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. The goal of the Stuff the Bus campaign is to make sure students have everything they need to start the new school year. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. As we mentioned, we are live on location at McDonald's on Tiffin Avenue this morning. It is our annual Stuff the Bus campaign. We are collecting all manner of school supplies to help send area kids back to school with everything they need to start the new year off right. It is so expensive to send kids back to school, and so we're trying to help out uh, especially those families there where money is a little tight, they're strapped. Maybe you have more than one kid you gotta sit, uh, send back to school. I mean, it can literally be hundreds of dollars, and that adds up very quickly. So what we're doing is we're collecting school supplies to help make sure that everybody gets a good start uh, once the uh, school year starts. And we've got lots of folks who are helping us do that thanks to christian clearinghouse for helping with the logistics end of thing uh... things they will uh, organize everything and handle the distribution and so on here in a couple of weeks want to thank the united way for uh, sending out some volunteers uh... who are i mean they're out there uh... soliciting donations they're being <laughs> being a very aggressive at soliciting those da- donations i love it uh, if you can't donate school supplies or you don't want to or you don't know uh, what school supplies to donate, uh, you can always donate cash. We would certainly take cash donations. And uh, Christian Clearinghouse then will use those cash donations to fill out whatever is needed after all of the uh, donations are counted and sorted and all of that. Our broadcast here at Stuff the Bus McDonald's on Tiffin Avenue, sponsored by Friends Office, and Alicia Giangiordano is uh, with us from Friends Office. Alicia, good to see you once again. We do this, this is our like <laughs> once a year uh, thing that I see you here and uh, bump into you every now and then uh, through the uh, rest of the year. But uh, good to have you back with us uh, once Thank again. You. It is, uh, Thank terrific. you. It's and good I, to be back. And I know that, you know, 
Friends Office. It's right there in the name, Office. Uh, so that is you know, the bulk of what you do. But this time of year, you guys are busy uh, getting ready for back to school or helping the uh, schools get ready for back to school. Yeah, so um, towards the end of the school year, we start um, collecting all of the bulk school orders that every school um, needs to get placed. And then what we do is we spend our summer (laughs) getting all of those orders around um, and we store them in our warehouse and then deliver them to the schools at the convenience of the school. So you can really appreciate the massive undertaking that Stuff the Bus is because you do this on your end as well, yes. collecting and, and organizing and boxing it all up and getting it ready uh, to go for the uh, school year. How many schools do you serve? I, I don't mean to put you on the spot with an exact number. But oh, roughly. I'm prepared. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> well, then I will put you on the spot with an exact number of schools. So we serve close to 300 districts Wow. Um, in Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Pennsylvania, and Kentucky. Um, and that equates to close to 700 buildings. I was going to say, yeah, because 300 districts, obviously districts, most of them have multiple buildings. Yes, yeah. So that is a lot of school supplies that uh, it's are a lot. ordered through a friend's office. And it's interesting, you mentioned not just here in Ohio, but surrounding mm-hmm. states as well, because you have been of late on a a real expansion kick at friend's office yeah we have we've really fell into finding some other businesses um to acquire and kind Mm -hmm. of grow all over ohio so currently we have a location in michigan Um, we also have a location in boardman avon oh my gosh finley's (laughs) our corporate office now i'm putting you on the spot (laughs) columbus dayton um we're in lexington kentucky now and we serve indiana but we don't have a location there um and we also have a full-service commercial print shop in Defiance now. Wow. Yeah. So, And that's all coordinated through the uh, Findlay office here. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Findlay's our corporate office over on Bright Road. That is awesome. So, again, this summer has been all about getting ready for back to school. Um, but that is... Again, just a part of what you do. Most of what you do is is office related. Yeah. So we actually, I would say that it's probably split between businesses and schools all year round. Mm-hmm. It's just that well, summertime offices as well, just at a different kind of office. Yes. Yes. True. The school back to school supplies. Yes, are a big part of our summers. We have uh, a lot of. Uh, Workers from universities, um, high school seniors that are getting ready to go to college and just want to make that extra money, Um, teachers who just want to make a little extra money or have something to do over the summer, Mm -hmm. they kind of come in and help us in our warehouse, package all those boxes up. So with respect to the schools, I mean, we talk about school supplies, and that's all the, you know, the regular stuff, the pencils and the paper and the pens and the markers and, you know, everything that we think of. Um, With respect to schools, what are the other things that that you are doing because again it's more than just supplies that you do yes so we also do a right grant for our teachers um, every year and the application process is currently open it closes february 2024 so um, teachers can actually go to our website www.friendsoffice.com they can scroll down to the bottom and click the right grant application when that page opens, they'll find um, an application. It's very short, and it just asks them to write a short essay about their wish list items for their classroom and how those items would help them have innovative lessons for the students. 
And so what happens is when the application process closes in February, we have a panel of employees at Friends Office who read through all of the applications, all right. of the essays. We narrow it down to about three or four teachers and um, award them $1,000 worth of items off their wish list wow. for their classroom. I, I would imagine most teachers could easily come up with a thousand dollars worth of wish list very items easily that they you know would love to have yes. uh, for their classrooms to make that learning experience yes. that much better. Take it to the next level. Yeah, and we even take it to the next level by working with their administrator and them. And at their convenience in the spring, we will stop by and hand deliver the items to them. We wrap it up really nice with some paper and ribbon. <laughs> um, we film it, um, and the students there are absolutely obsessed with opening. They think it's like Christmas. They think their teacher's famous. It's always such a blast. And then we post that video on the right grant page on our website as well. So just again, demonstrates how many dedicated education professionals we have, not just in our community. And we talk about that quite often, but as you see it all over the region, I mean, yes. these are uh, some dedicated folks. Yeah, and they're, they're some of the best, and we absolutely love working with them. And, and like I said, they make their wish list, and, and $1,000 doesn't sound like a ton of money when you think about everything that teachers need in their classrooms, but it definitely makes a big dent and helps them out. So the grant program, the applications are open now, as you mentioned. Yes. So for teachers who are listening, you say, hey, I could, I could use that in, yes. in my uh, classroom. Uh, what is the deadline? You mentioned the information is on the website, right? Yes, it's on the website in our footer. Um, just click on the right grant application. Okay. It's the end of February. Okay. Um, and the reason the application process is so long is because we understand that teachers are busy once they're in the classroom. <laughs> so we want to make sure they have summer break, Thanksgiving break, Christmas break, um, a little bit of their spring break to kind of have time to look that over. Yeah. Um, so we've got a link on our webpage too at goodmornings.net to the Friends Office website if you want to learn more uh, about those uh, grants and uh, obviously everything else that you do for schools, for businesses, and we'll talk more about that a little bit later on as we go along. But uh, again, goodmornings.net to learn a little bit more about it. And uh, again, Alicia Giangiordano with us this morning from Friends Office, making our broadcast possible here at McDonald's on Tiffin Avenue for our Stuff the Bus campaign. Good to see you again. Thank you. Good to see you. Once again, as we mentioned, uh, we've been mentioning all morning long, it is all about Stuff the Bus today. It is our annual school supplies collection drive to help make sure that we send area kids in need back to school with everything they need to start the new year off right. And as we were saying earlier, we could not pull off a massive project like this without some help. Uh, Christian Clearinghouse is sort of the logistics partner for Stuff the Bus. They coordinate uh, the uh, uh, collection or the uh, organization, uh, the volunteers for the collection, the organization, the distribution, that side of it. Tammy Stahl is here from uh, Christian Clearinghouse once again. And uh, first of all, what a terrific 
response in the first day of Stuff the Bus yesterday. I mean, I was on the bus just a moment ago looking at uh, all of the supplies that have already been donated. We got a really good start here. We really did. Uh, we are so blessed with such a fabulous community and a community that really cares about our kiddos and making sure that they have the proper tools to go back to school, yeah. the supplies they need, because every child deserves those those things to make their school year the best possible. And as we were saying earlier, I think the National Retail Federation is estimating something like $800 per kid to send a kid back to school. It's uh, crazy. I mean, it's just, it's it really, really expensive. And, and, if you, and if you have multiple kids, I mean, do the math. Do, so. That's right. And we, we look for good prices on things if you're making a monetary donation. Um, but you know, we want those pencils and pens and markers and crayons and all that stuff out here at the bus. Nobody wants to go back to school with uh, leftovers from last year. No, we yeah. want want new backpacks, please. Yeah, we want those crayons that have the little points yeah. on them. You know, just all those things that every child deserves to have. Now, as we mentioned, Christian Clearinghouse, you folks have really been invaluable through the past uh, several years of this campaign to help actually pull it off, make it happen. So let's first of all do all of the thank yous for all of the volunteers who... Our volunteers, Stonebridge Church, everyone is just absolutely fabulous. The donors that have already given sent checks in. We've had church groups send checks in. Um, just be assured that every single dollar that's donated goes to the kids, and we certainly thank you. And one thing you may not know, uh, Chris, is um, Amazon called the other day, and they're going to be making a big backpack donation. Awesome. So we are so blessed that we are going to make sure that every kid has a backpack because every every year that is the biggest challenge is to get yeah. enough backpacks. Yeah, I know you were mentioning uh, backpacks are in short supply always. I mean, that's, always. A, that's a big one. Um, as I was looking at the collection so far, it seems like we've got a lot of Sharpie markers. We're, we're doing pretty well on that, it seems. Um there's a lot of filler paper there, although we can always use more. You can never have too much paper. Uh, are there any other things that uh, generally you don't get uh, as much of that you have to go and buy more of, that kind of thing? Right. So binders, I think, are a little short so far. Okay. Um, I think that everybody wants a binder. And they don't want those great big trapper binders. They want, like, the one-inch binders or the two-inch binders. So those less expensive ones would be absolutely great. Yeah. Um, earbuds, um, headphones are a big thing. Scissors. That We never seem like we have enough scissors to give to every child. So that's another big one. Headphones or earbuds, those are... That's one of those things that I don't think a lot of people, especially my age, would really think of as being necessary school supplies. But they do so much on the computer these days, and you don't, right. you know, with the audio, yeah. Right, and so. flash drives. Uh, that's another thing yeah. that, that they need so that they can take their work from one computer to the next within school. Yeah. No more textbooks. We just have flash <laughs> drives. <laughs> yeah, these are changing times. Changing um, times. But those are the things that make back to school so much more expensive. So it's kind of a vicious circle uh, with respect to that. Now, uh, want to talk about what happens next. Okay, so yesterday, today, tomorrow, we're doing the collection part. Although, 
you can still make a collection even if you or you can still make a donation even if you can't make it out here to our collection point. Right? Yes, you can just go to our website at cchsupport.org and make a monetary donation with the pay now um, link there. Just put stuff the bus in the memo part and we will make sure that the that money gets um, used for the kids. And 100% of your donation goes right yeah. to our kids. I, I even saw here on the the list that you can do a credit card uh, donation even. Yeah. That, yeah, that would yeah. be a credit card online. So yeah. you can you can do that um, on the website. So we've got a QR code here. You can do that. It'll uh, link here. you right so you in. So Absolutely. Cash, checks, credit card donations. That's Man, right. I'll tell you what, we're getting. We're we, we yeah, we, we get everything. We're getting with it. Yeah. And we have already put the link up on the same website, the CCH okay. support. So you, if you need supplies for your children, register. We want to make That's sure the that you. Yes. So yeah. that is at cchsupport.org. And um, we already, yesterday, I know that we had over 900 kids kiddos wow. registered already. So again, the needs are many, many, many. And um, we want to make sure that every child has what they need. So, what the, is so what is involved in in registering for the distribution? Because mainly your sure child, yeah. Your mainly your child's name, your name, your address, your email, and social security numbers. That way, it stops duplication of services. Right. And we want to make sure that every kid gets gets what they need. The regi- or the Packing of the backpacks is going to take place on the 7th and the 8th of August. Mm-hmm. And then on the 9th and the 10th, we'll be distributing it out at Stonebridge Church. Okay. Okay, now that's the first part. So if you didn't get registered or you hear about this later, people can come out on August four, starting August 14th to the CCH office, and we will give them a backpack with school supplies for whatever is remaining. And then whatever's left from there goes to the schools. So okay. I take things right over to the schools, and they get the leftover crayons. So we don't keep things from year to year. This is all new this year. Okay. I was going to ask about that. What happens uh, if you have more than you need, which it's hard to imagine. You know, Like you said, 900 kids already that have registered that you would have more than you need. But when it does happen, those still go to the schools and we start fresh every year. We start yeah. fresh every year. And I'm sure that the schools appreciate that as well. Oh, because absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, yesterday we had the preschool um, principal out here and um, she was talking on the radio. But we don't really do preschool children. So if we can yeah. take some crayons and markers over there, oh, okay. they yeah. love that. Yeah. They they really, really appreciate that. But um, again, we want to make sure that those school-age kids have first dibs on everything. Yeah. So we mentioned registration for the distribution, which will happen here in a couple of weeks. Is there a deadline for when you need the registration? Because when we talk about organizing all of this, uh, as you were mentioning, will happen here in another yeah. week or so. Um, you package these up according to the, the classroom, the school that uh, a student is attending. So you need those registrations in so you know. Right. Who, August 2nd who is what. the last day to register, okay. to pre-register. And um, so the link will go down so after next Tuesday. Wednesday, yeah, two Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So, yeah. yeah, I don't have my calendar yeah, Middle here. of next week. Yes, yeah. yes. So again, um, and Pat, we, we do just serve Hancock County children. So if you're out of county, look for something in your own community to do that, to, you know. That's, 
That's an important uh, important point. Uh, it's not just Findlay, but it is just Hancock County. It is so Hancock County. So Macomb, Arlington, Arcadia, yeah. Van Lu, right. Van Buren, we're, we're serving all those yeah. kids. Okay. Uh, again, we've got a lot more information on our webpage at goodmornings.net. If you go there, there's a link up for more information uh, to uh, Christian Clearinghouse's website so you can make a donation, so you can participate even if you can't get out here. And uh, again, the idea, we need to get these kids off to a good start when the new uh, school year arrives, which is less than a month now for uh, Findlay City Schools. And yeah, it's right around yeah. the corner here. Yeah, school will be going really soon, and we really <laughs> appreciate the support again of the radio, our sponsors, and everybody that makes this happen. Again, Tammy Stahl, Christian Clearinghouse, our logistics partner for Stuff the Bus, coordinating the distribution and organization side of things. Tammy, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thank you. It. Have a great day. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. You know, as we mentioned, we are here at McDonald's on Tiffin Avenue on location for the show this morning for our Stuff the Bus campaign. And uh, I'm starting to smell breakfast <laughs> from Mick wafting over here from Mickey D's. It's smelling really good. And with that in mind, our apologies to everyone who is in line for breakfast with the story that we start with in the broken news this morning. Call it the Great Washington State dog poop war that's right the great washington state dog poop war pooper trooper a pet waste removal company is suing the spokane business scoop troop accusing it of copyright infringement and unfair competition pooper trooper filed the lawsuit this week in u.s district court poopless in seattle poop scooping boogie and Scoopology are among a couple dozen poop removal companies in Washington, which apparently is a growing lucrative industry in the state. <laughs> but, but Pooper Trooper argues that Scoop Troop is too similar in name and services and infringes on Pooper Trooper's trademark. So... <laughs> Stay tuned. We will follow this... Late-breaking story. <clears throat> and again, our apologies to anyone waiting for breakfast here this morning here at McDonald's. Elsewhere in the broken news, Dateline Riverton, Utah, where police arrested a man who threw a hatchet during a road rage incident. Officials say Tyler High was driving when another car pulled onto the road and caused Mr. High to have to slow down. Uh, police say the two exchanged words before stopping in the roadway and exiting their vehicles. Mr. High then admitted that he threw a hatchet toward the victim because he felt threatened. <laughs> Guessing the guy with the hatchet was doing the threatening, you know? <laughs> I'm sorry, the guy with the hatchet is usually the upper hand on this uh, confrontation. Mr. High could face an aggravated assault charge because it could have caused serious bodily injury. So, it didn't, but it could have. He's in a bit of hot water here. Uh, let's see, some of the other broken news this morning. Two Pennsylvania men are in police custody. You know how uh, gasoline and diesel fuel have been so expensive of late? I mean, really, really pricey, and it... 
some people will go to extreme lengths to beat those prices, maybe see an opportunity to make some money here. Well, two Pennsylvania men are in police custody after allegedly stealing about $1,500 worth of diesel fuel. The pair were found with random credit cards that were not their own and were trying to make this huge purchase. The only problem that this pair of geniuses had was they didn't have any place to really store $1,500 worth of diesel fuel. So, so they decided to fill the bed of their pickup truck. Not to fill their pickup truck, you mind you. Uh, fill the bed full of diesel fuel. <laughs> when police arrived to investigate the situation the night of July 25th, a gas station store manager claimed the, tool, uh, claimed the two had stolen diesel from other locations as well. But <laughs> I would think all you would have to do would, have, would be follow the, the trail of the leak, you know, from the... Because it's not like the bed of a truck is watertight. <laughs> Both men now face felony charges of theft and uh, stolen credit cards, the stolen identity and all of that. So that's a, a felony as well. <laughs> so they're in trouble. You just follow the, the trail of the leak, the diesel fuel, out of the bed of their pickup. Brilliant. Brilliant. A couple of other items here in the uh, broken news. Do you know someone who has ever taken a genetic test and learned about a relative they didn't know they had? Well, Brenna... Spearco, she lives in Maryland. She embarked on a quest to uncover her family roots and got a lot more than she bargained for, a staggering 60 siblings she never knew existed. 60! Uh, they were all donor-conceived with the same father and different mothers. When Brenna submitted her DNA last year, she had, seemingly, she had a seemingly manageable 13 siblings. I mean, 13 is a lot. But it's nothing compared to 60. Uh, up to 60, she told reporters. Who knows how many more there are out there? The newfound siblings, ages 14 to 27, scattered across Canada and the U.S., form an extraordinary web of kinship. The size of her extended family overwhelmed Ms. Spearco, who confessed, It's a lot to process. That may be the understatement of the year. It's a lot to process. Uh, the operators of the donor sibling registry tell reporters the largest known sibling group consists consists of 240 people. So I guess <laughs> it could be worse. I don't know. Talk about a whirlwind of genetic revelations right there. And finally, in the broken news this morning, you know how hot it has been, especially out in the desert southwest, places like Southern California, Vegas, Arizona. Um, <laughs> an Amazon delivery driver in Southern California found an unusual way to beat the heat by diving fully clothed into the swimming pool of one of his customers. <laughs> Uh, this is your viral video. you got to go and look this up. The driver's headfirst dive captured on the homeowner's security camera. Um, 
and the recording has since made quite the splash on social media. The homeowner in the Los Angeles suburb of Gardenia left a note for the delivery man by the pool saying, if you want to go for a swim, you are more than welcome. And so he took him up on the offer. After dropping off a package at the house, the driver notices, uh, notices the message and immediately decided to take him up on the generous offer. In the home security video, the unidentified Amazon worker is seen removing his phone from his pocket, placing it on a table, and then making a beeline for the diving board. <laughs> in complete, complete uniform and full uniform and everything. That is all kinds of awesome right there. <laughs> there you go. That is today's broken news report. An update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. This message provided by WFIN. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Now, I thought since we're at McDonald's today uh, for our Stuff the Bus campaign that I would share this. It is research, uh, a, uh, an individual uh, independent researcher by the name of Nathan Yu uh, crunched the numbers from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics Uh, the American Time Use Survey from the Bureau of Labor Statistics to figure out when Americans eat dinner, typically, state by state. It's really interesting that uh, the the differences uh, across the country and when people typically eat dinner. What he found was that the peak dinner time when most of us eat is 6.19 p.m. That's on average nationwide, 6.19 p.m p.m. is when we sit down to dinner. Most American households eat sometime between 5.07 and 8.19 p.m., as early as 5.07, as late as 8.19. Pennsylvania, as it turns out, eats the earliest with an average dinner time of 5.37 p.m., and Washington, D.C. eats the latest on average at 7.10 p.m. Ohioans are right in the middle at 6.28 p.m. on average. And I have to say that's probably from our family is about when we sit down, right about the time that the evening news comes on. Uh, 6.28 p.m. Interestingly, lunchtime is within a minute or two of noon everywhere. Uh, I would think, obviously, because of more predictable work schedules. But now you know. You know, I think we mentioned a little bit earlier, and if we neglected to mention it, we need to mention, thank you to the Findlay City Schools for providing the bus that we are stuffing. I mean, it can't very well be a Stuff the Bus campaign without a bus to stuff. And the Findlay City Schools have provided the bus for us here. And by the way, 
The city schools have a new grand poobah for the upcoming uh, school year. Uh, we are joined by the new superintendent uh, superintendent of Findlay City Schools, easier for me to say, uh, Dr. Andy Hatton. And uh, Andy, thanks very much for dropping by today. I appreciate it. Oh, good morning, Chris. Thank you so much. Things are starting to get real busy for you, I would imagine, because as we were saying, I think it's less than a month now before the uh, kids will be back in class. Oh, yes. Just a, a few weeks away. Yeah. So um, you come from Upper Arlington. What has been the biggest, uh, the, the biggest difference between there and here? I mean, what has been the biggest transition for you? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me here today. And I want to thank uh, CCH for helping with Stuff the Bus, WFIM for promoting this, and uh, McDonald's for letting us put this on. Yeah. Uh, we have so many students that are in need, and um, this is just a great event. I'm just very humbled to be here. So in terms of differences, I mean, public education is just this amazing calling that uh, I've been such a, so blessed to be a part of for over 25 years. And, the, and I don't know if it's necessarily differences, but what I have felt since the moment I got here is the family-centered community, the, the welcome has been incredible, and the team in Finley City Schools, everyone I meet from transportation to operations, school counselors, teachers, administrators, everyone just loves what they do and loves these kids. So, what it, as you are sort of getting started in this role, and you are officially not even on the job yet until what? Tuesday. August 1st, yeah. that's right. So Tuesday uh, is when you will officially uh, be taking over as uh, superintendent. Um, what are your first impressions, your your thoughts of the direction and the, and the future of uh, Findlay City Schools? Since the moment I got here, I actually started coming up to Findlay uh, early winter uh, last year. And I was impressed with the trajectory that this district was going. Um, total shout out to Krista Crates Miller, who was our interim superintendent for a year, who stepped up and led this theme of elevate and elevating everything that we do uh, across the whole district. And the buy-in to that, the spirit around everything that we do from academics to athletics to the performing arts, truly educating the whole child and embracing the whole child so they feel that sense of belonging uh, is really what has stood out to me. What are the biggest challenges, not just for Finley City Schools, but for public education as as for education, especially public education moving forward? I mean, in 2023, what are the biggest challenges? What are the things that make your job and the job of educators uh, the most challenging? You know, I mean, it would be easy to say, oh, the political divide and the, the pressures that we feel and those kind of things. But... I think it's about partnering with our families, being transparent with everything that we do across our organization because we are a public service mm -hmm. to these children. And I think the biggest challenge that we have all the time and what wakes me up every morning with a lot of energy is educating our kids. The number one thing we are here to do is the about all about the academic growth and achievement of every single student that comes into our halls. It seems like every year there is a greater expectation of the schools in terms of what they are expected to teach the kids and the the level of education, the variety of, uh, of things. I mean, it's no longer just the three R's, the reading, <laughs> writing, arithmetic. Uh, there's so much more and so much more involved in uh, educating a child today. 
Yeah, as there should be. And, and we welcome this. We are educating students for their future, not our past. You just referenced the three R's. Mm -hmm. We are trying to prepare students to flourish for anything that they want to do in life. And so to do that, the expectations are high, and yeah. we welcome that. Um, especially because we are, I mean, our economy is, is changing. The jobs of tomorrow are going to be so different than they have been in the past several generations. This, again, is part of the challenge of the educator. And I bring all of this up because we were talking before about how it's expensive to send a kid back to school. And all of this plays into that because the expectations are so much higher, because the demands of education are so much higher. I mean, it has a trickle-down effect. It does. And what we so appreciate are the partnerships that we have with our family, the support from the entire community and the city. And if I could give a special shout out to all the teachers out there who are <laughs> going into their last several weekends of summer. Um, I hope they're finding some things that bring them a little joy uh, so that they are ready to welcome our students on the 20, uh, 22nd. 22nd, yeah, is the uh, first day of school for Findlay City Schools. So what will, what is going going on at the schools between now and then what are you doing what are the teachers doing kind of give us the idea of what happens in these final few weeks before the kids actually arrive for day one well i do with all their new school supplies correct with all their new school supplies well, I can tell you that um, our maintenance and operations people who are just world-class, they are taking care of our buildings. They're making sure that they are welcoming, clean, amazing spaces uh, for our learners. And then, again, I, I know that a lot of folks believe that, you know, teachers have summer off. Right. Certainly, there's time to decompress and relax because public education is unlike any other calling in any other career. It is intense mm -hmm. for those days that we're in school. But certainly, teachers are professionally developing. They are planning. They are preparing. And they are setting up. We are setting up class rosters. We are uh, still registering new students. All of the things to prepare for an amazing school year. And with the added, I mean, these are the things that happen every year. And then with the added level this year, you, you have introducing yourself to the, the staff and everybody who is a part of the uh, school district. Right. And uh, I've been very intentional about that. I've actually had some transition days that began clear back in March. And so I've been trying to get into Finley as much as I possibly can. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, today is our administration. Our, all of our administrators are meeting mm -hmm. to prepare, to set the focus and inspire each other uh, for the rest of the school year. How fun is that? I'm sure because, you know, when you meet people for the first time, you meet all the teachers and the other administrators and so on and so forth. I'm sure you have more than a few people come up and say, hey, I've got a couple of ideas. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I welcome I, it. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, that's got to be part of, the, part of the fun of it and, and, you know, putting that into the mix of everything that you want to do. Uh, getting that feedback and out. It is, and I want to hear from parents. And in fact, I went to a, um, one of the very first lacrosse games of the school year. It was at Buckeye Valley, and uh, I actually ran. I walked the stands and met some families. And sure enough, some parents said, "Hey, I do have some couple things I want to talk to you about <laughs> at one of the middle schools." And I welcome that. I want yeah. to be embedded in this community, and I want to hear from everyone. We look forward to speaking with you many times uh, as we move forward. Again, coming up on the start of school. That's why we're here collecting school supplies for uh, the kids in need so everybody starts the school off 
uh, school year off uh, on the right note. And again, Dr. Andy Hatton, the new superintendent of Finley City Schools with us this morning. Dr. Hatton, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, WFIN, and thank you, CCH, for uh, putting this on. Thanks so much. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about Stuff the Bus and everything else we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net. Coming up Monday on the program, you are invited to go on an around-the-world tour. The paving the road to hope for those in need of a second chance through Welcome to a New Life. We'll learn more about this brand new big fundraiser they have coming up. So until Monday morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, going out and making a good day, a great weekend. We'll catch you back here next week.